I think that's what I love about Masi is that he's really good at talking to people kind of on the outskirts of society. And I really admire that about him because all of those experiences that I've witnessed him start and then we have kind of collectively have all been really enriching. Like two pieces of the same puzzle, many of us find our perfect fit outside of the places we come from. When it comes to love, there are no borders. From Ginny Media and Antia Productions, this is Love Without Borders. If a single theme could describe Erin and Massey's romance, it would be a slow burn. Their candle was lit, placed in a paper lantern and released into the sky to drift wherever the wind beckoned. For nearly five years, it ambled between continents until one day it decided it didn't want to wander any longer. When they first met, Massey was an Italian living in Ireland and Erin was an American living in Ireland. By the time they actually started dating years later, Erin had moved back to the States. Massey was pretty content living the rock and roll lifestyle in Dublin. My lifestyle has always been kind of like being here and there and I had a couple of serious relationships, but then I kind of like, after the last one, I wasn't really looking for anything in particular. So I was just like, you know, having the normal life that you have meeting people. And I've always thought that it was almost impossible to end up choosing one person in your life because the world is full of beautiful people. I had a really busy work life. I was managing a restaurant. I had like 130 employees. And so life was full, you know. I suppose you're always, you know, waiting for the right relationship to come along. It was just kind of like dating around. I was living in Denver at the time. I kind of knew that I had, you know, seen and met everybody I needed to uh, meet to know that my person was not there. And I don't know, I think I always just sort of imagined that the person was going to be European, probably because I really have an interest in like getting to know other cultures. And I think being in Denver, knowing my person wasn't there, I wasn't really looking very hard for that. So I was more focused on work and yeah, like going out to see live music, the food scene, all of that stuff. I was, you know, traveling around Europe, couch surfing with my guitar and making gigs in Germany and Denmark and France. And and so, you know, I wasn't really stable. Like I didn't have my, my home. I mean, I, I was on, on a rental situation, but I wasn't living in a place for longer than five or six months. I was always kind of moving around. When they met at a party of a mutual friend, the sparks of romance weren't flying right off the bat. It wasn't exactly love. You could call it laugh at first sight. So I was dating someone in Ireland at the time and came to visit and we went to a party of a friend of his and yeah, there was like this gaggle of Italian guys there. Um, <laughs> and I had been kind of like loosely studying the Italian language for a while, but like always had a huge interest in the culture and obviously the food. So anytime I heard an Italian uh, speaking, I was kind of like my ears perked up. I walked up to them and introduced myself and asked where they were from and 
Yeah, and then kind of told him my two favorite Italian words, which I pronounced completely sadly, I'll say. Yeah, and he had him and his friend had a good laugh. But like uh, for us, it's always interesting when someone makes an effort and tries to speak our language. So I was, you know, firstly happy to notice that she was into, you know, our culture and language. And but mainly was very, you know, was a very, very nice situation. It was a beautiful evening. We were throwing lanterns in the sky on the beach and just you meet someone at a party and you click straight away and we started talking about everything and blah 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 and obviously I, I liked her straight away but then I found out she was there with her partner so I straight away deleted her from my you know <laughs> possible achievements but I went to my friend and say oh that girl is so amazing but she's here with a boyfriend so end of the story <laughs> <laughs> later towards the end of the night he was sitting around with his friends like who were you know all musically talented and they were playing like some of my favorite Neil Young songs and like Neil Young for me is just like an instant like heart melter and so that was kind of when I was like you know they th this crew kind of stuck into my head and him in particular because he's very charming hmm. <laughs> I agree I agree that I'm charming yeah I'm <laughs> known for that after the party Erin and Massey would run into one another at music events around Dublin. That was until Erin's relationship ended, and she hopped on a plane back to America. Then she moved back to the States to manage the restaurant she was managing, and we just stayed in touch, and like now and then we were sending messages, like, how are you doing? If there was, I don't know, a storm in Ireland, she was like, oh, are you okay? You know, these very little messages you we all have with our friends, you know? So it's not like it wasn't anything specific. It was just more like, hey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm going here, I'm going there, you know, just little stories. Yeah, and and that's how we stayed in touch, basically, for for the following how many years, Erin? Like, like three years. Three maybe. years yeah. went on this way. So Erin moves back to the States and settles back into a busy work life. Massey the musician is living his rock and roll lifestyle in Dublin. A couple of years go by with the occasional messages back and forth. And then one day, an opportunity presents itself for the two of them to connect in Italy. I had just seen on Facebook that he was in Milan doing music and I was traveling solo and so I just, I was flying out of the airport there and had two days to uh, kind of hang out. I was in Milan to record an album and she and there was this coincidence that she was in Milan too and so we kind of like oh we should probably you know meet and have a drink or something or a coffee. We just like spent a day together and took me to some museums and Masi is um, not your typical Italian in a lot of ways but in the ways of I, I would say like charm and, and, and romance he definitely is and being an American I'm like I like wasn't so used to it so it kind of <laughs> kind of like caught off guard by it a little bit and I was like oh man this guy like really thinks he's you know going somewhere tonight and I think huh. <laughs> I think partially, like, I think part of it was cultural because I was like I was yeah because you know, that was definitely your perception yeah was, that wasn't the truth at all yeah but but to me like not being used to the sort of like overt like locking onto my arm as we walked across the you know oh yeah the, okay that's okay that's like, unusual for you yeah, okay good a, to know <laughs> it was this 
super romantic kind of like storybook evening. We went for dinner, we went and had some drinks. You might think that after all these years, a beautiful evening spent walking arm in arm along the twinkling streets of Milan would seal the deal. But when it comes to love, the story isn't always so predictable. Erin told me uh, in front of the door of her Airbnb where, Airbnb where she was staying, in front of the door, she was like, okay, good night, after we spent like seven hours together. And I was, that's like, you know, that really I didn't expect it. So. I kind of like didn't want it to be that typical one-off kind of story. And I really liked him as an individual and as a friend, and I didn't want to compromise that. So yeah, I just kind of made the decision. I was like, oh, I, I, I think this shouldn't move anywhere tonight. So there was the last bus that I had to run to catch to go home. And and when I was on the bus, I was dying laughing because it's like, how dare she send me on that way? <laughs> like I was so, I was so happy because usually like after, you know, such a, an intense time together, usually it ends differently, you know, at least oh. a little kiss or any, something like that, you know. But that night was so funny because she was like, okay, good night. And I was like, okay, she probably is dating someone else or like, so I just went home. Masi kind of being like the Italian romancer, it is exactly who he normally is. I mean, he wasn't like putting any effort yeah, or strategy. Like, yeah, no, it's just who he is. <laughs> it was just natural. And, you know, then Erin's perception made that thing different because for me it was normal it was kind of like overload for me because I don't come from that kind of background you know I don't I come from like um I don't know we'll say traditional kind of like midwestern American upbringing and we're a little bit more reserved about our feelings and so I think yeah I think that's where my head was I, I was like wow I just had this like amazing night with this like really fun and funny person but yeah like my head wasn't in that space and I didn't want to ruin the friendship that we were kind of building. So, yeah, so I flew home and we just kind of kept in touch through like messages and WhatsApp and stuff from there. And that was another maybe year and a half or so until we saw each other again. Erin once again goes back to Denver and they resume their normal lives. But something slowly began to change. We just kind of kept it rolling and then I think, yeah, at some point something just shifted for me and I like messaged a little bit more frequently and I was a little bit more saucy. It was like a slow burn and then a rocket ship <laughs> uh, because, yeah, it took like a number of years before we were like both in that mental and emotional space to have something like this make sense. The next time Erin came to Dublin... She messaged Massey to see if he wanted to join her and some friends at a pub. Even though things got a little hazy due to jet lag and a little too much Guinness, one thing became very clear. She was feeling the sparks. With a bit of liquid courage to back her up, she wasn't holding back. It was like maybe around six o'clock in the evening and I was out with my friends. I was, you know, I flew from the States and so I was on about, I don't know, maybe like yeah, a good amount of jet lag, no sleep, and met my friends who are like your typical Irish people who can spend all day drinking. And so we went to like we went to a couple of different pubs. So I go to meet her to have a drink, and uh, that night the real flirtation started. So I was like, okay, fine. I didn't expect that at all after the last meeting in Milan, but like obviously, like. 
Yeah, it just changed completely because Erin changed completely. She just like was super into flirting and, you know, and we ended up spending the entire night together. I just saw him in a very different, like when he arrived at the pub, I just saw him, like I wouldn't even say it was a beer goggle thing. It was like a bigger thing than that. I just had, I just had never really viewed him with like romantic potential really. But then when I saw him, I was like, it just changed. There comes a moment in every relationship where it suddenly hits each person that they've met the one. For Massey, that moment arrived when they spent a weekend with his friends in a beautiful part of rural Ireland. The key of our relationship still today is that I was dying to go to this beautiful place in Ireland and I was like, the first time I have a girl that I really like, that I want to, you know, that it's more than just a one-night stand kind of thing, I'm going to bring her there. And it's a lighthouse in the northwest coast of Ireland, super remote place. We arrived, there was a storm with the, wave, with the waves of the ocean going against the rocks and it was so cool. We went there with my best friends and I was sure that she would have clicked with them as well. And in fact, now we are super friends and they are actually two of the witnesses of our wedding. That was like when we realized that we could spend like full time together and enjoying that. And still today, after more than one year, like, yeah, we perfectly match. So uh, my suggestion to whoever is listening to this, like, don't make plans, don't don't make strategies and, you know, have patience. The love yeah. of your life comes if it has to come, you know. It's not a thing you can enforce and then two years later you find out that you married an idiot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we don't want. We don't want to be stuck in a lighthouse with an idiot, yeah. do we? No. Yeah, yeah. Be, be selective, people. Yeah. Whoever is listening, be selective, extremely selective. Erin knew Massey was her guy during a lunch break on the trip they took to Cinque Terre. Her sit-back-and-observe style of a solo travel was changing due to Massey's unique habit of starting conversations with wayward strangers. I go to the bathroom and I come back and Massey is engaged in the conversation with, like, the most rough-looking old man that you could possibly see. The guy, he, it's like the guy who everyone else is trying to avoid. And Massey is, like, <laughs> having a conversation with him and I walk up to the table you know, they're having some deep philosophical conversation. It, it ends up being this like old, this old German guy. And he's like a drifter, long hair. And, you know, his clothes are a little bit like messy, but he look, you know, looks like the happiest guy you've ever met. And they're talking about music. They're talking about all of these things. Finding a travel partner for me is the d definition of finding a life partner because Masi just like, he's really easygoing. He enriches all of these travel experiences with the way that he's outgoing with people. Because if I were in that square by myself, I would be sitting in the corner observing, you know, this weird guy having a conversation with someone else, but I wouldn't be interacting. And I think that's what I love about Masi is that he's, he's really good at talking to people kind of on the outskirts of society. And I really admire that about him because all of those experiences that I've witnessed him start and then we have kind of collectively have all been really enriching. After about a year of long distance dating, Erin left the States and took a travel sabbatical through Europe. 
This put them on the same continent and allowed them to travel together over the next year. Aaron was spending a few months in Bologna to study Italian. Massey joined her for a few weeks, and it was around that time that they made the decision to tie the knot. We eloped, I suppose, is the is the right word for it. We originally, like, we looked at all the options. We looked at, like, getting married in Italy, and we kind of started that process, but the, the rumored bureaucracy is accurate there, and it just, like, was taking so long and it was like almost it was like a painful process to kind of like go to all these appointments and then find out you're in the wrong building and blah 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 so one day I literally just got on the computer and I was like easiest place to get married for two people from different countries Denmark came up and Denmark has done like a wonderful job of just like easing this process for people I had never been to Denmark before. Masi had played a gig in Copenhagen before and he loved the city. So it kind of made sense. And because, you know, we both have aging relatives on both uh, on both continents, we didn't want to force anybody to have to like travel. And so we thought, well, we'll get married in uh, Copenhagen. We'll just like invite, you know, a couple of witnesses. So we'll just kind of like do a little, a long weekend with some friends who are, who are already in Europe. Never a couple to miss out on a good party or excuses to travel. They had a celebration in the States and another in Milan with their families and friends. We had my family kind of get together in my grandparents' backyard, which was really wonderful because they didn't have to like leave their house in order to like partake in the in the party. So that was a really intimate thing. Then we went to Italy and his mom planned a much bigger event. These are very old school places. It's called Balera, which is a place where people went to dance, you know, in the 50s and 60s. It's kind of like a ballroom kind of thing. And then, you but, know... But super casual. Like it yeah, super, yeah, yeah, super so easy, easy yeah. super easy. And uh, and then they have tables outside in the, in the garden. And, you know, we just booked a few tables there because my mom wanted to bring, like, as many people from the family as possible and we had a few friends as well that was really beautiful I mean was it was an amazing dinner and it was really cool to have three different celebrations but not big events we got married in a country we live in another country and we are from two different countries so this was kind of like an international event yeah and actually today is our first wedding anniversary congratulations Thank yeah, you. it's really yeah. it's a, it's a huge coincidence that we're doing I this know. today. We yeah. didn't actually think about it when we booked it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Today. What a, well, I'm honored to share your your milestone with you. With all of the countries in the mix, you could probably imagine the heaps of paperwork that were required. It was a full time job for me. Was just getting the paperwork together and organized in a way that made sense. You know, the paperwork part is never fun, but I think that when you're with someone from another country, it's kind of something that you sign up for. I'm sure all of our multinational couples out there can relate to that. The important thing is to always keep in mind that you're doing it for love. Just be sure to reward yourself after those long days in front of that copy machine. You have to just forge through it and then reward yourself with cocktails afterwards. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Love Without Borders. 
the podcast that takes you on a multicultural journey of L-O-V-E with stories from couples all over the world. Love Without Borders is hosted by me, Ginny Sarasvati, produced by Ginny Media and Antia Productions. Ginny Sarasvati and Alok Ratod are the executive producers. Designed by Sally Shahin. Join us next time for more stories of love from couples all over the world.